on this episode of Why Watch That. And in the second season, <laughs> oh boy, yeah, okay. <laughs> who is it? Who is it? Do you know who it is? Do you know who this is? No, I don't. Who is it? Andy Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> Tracy Letts. <laughs> oh, we love Tracy Letts here. Yeah, he's a guy who has, you know, this makeshift radio show where he spews all of that kind of hate. So she wants Daniel Radcliffe to get to him to see what's actually going on. Let's go to, you know what, a hit for me, The Conjuring 2. Oh boy, I didn't see that one. <laughs> Why Watch That as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why Watch, Watch that. that. Presented by Dynamic Network. The Why Watch That Talk. Well, it looks like TV is scooting out some more uh, shows for us to watch as the summer is wrapping up. In particular, HBO and Netflix are dishing out some new shows, and we have got uh, an opinion about it, apparently. Yes, we do. We <laughs> do. Some of those shows. So let's get started. Um, and again, you can catch all this on Netflix, your subscription. Or if you have HBO Go, or if you or if you have HBO, you can kind of like get going with it. Yeah. Um, let's start with the returning season of Ballers. This is season two on HBO, starring... Is it The Rock? Is it Dwayne Rock Johnson? Is it Dwayne jo- We don't know. But basically what we do know is that HBO loves the ballers. They're picking it up. They're moving it forward. It's now season two. Yes, and it is Dwayne Johnson, okay? That's it. <laughs> or Rock. <laughs> yeah. Now, look, Dwayne Johnson, I said this before. Uh, a bore. Listen to me. I said this before. <laughs> You're so excited. <laughs> I said this before in season one. This really is a great show for him. He owns it. He knows this world of football. He was a football player. It just really um, helps to accentuate his strengths. Um, and you might be surprised if you've never seen it, how well he acts. Like, it, it, he does a good job in this show. I mean... Yeah, he's like a fine wine. He's just getting better and better. So what, is he an agent? Or... I, I just refresh my memory. Yeah, he's not He's not an agent. So he's a former football player. He's now retired. He's more of a manager. Got it. So it's money management, that kind of thing. He joins uh, Rob Corddry, another actor. They work together to, you know, try to get clients from uh, current football players essentially. Um, so that's what's going on. And in the second season <laughs> Oh boy. He has a rival, a nemesis. Okay. <laughs> who is it? Who is it? Now, it, it? Look, it's everyone's favorite actor. Do you know who it is? Do you know who this is? No, I don't. Who is it? Andy Garcia. Who <laughs> <laughs> oh, is the rival in Oceans? And the, I mean, the rival in The Godfather 3. Like, it's just you're a good rival. Andy Garcia is your guy. Yes, he is. So Andy Garcia is, you know, not one to play with. He is at the pinnacle of the profession, and The Rock thinks he could take him on. So we know there's a problem there. He also gets into uh, kerfuffles with current football players on the show. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) T-Sung shows up. 
<laughs> Why? And, Why? And, and other people. So here's the main, main thing about Ballers. It hasn't changed. It's a perfect show for the summer. If you are from the whole entourage fan base, this is from the same people. Peter Berg is involved. You know, it's that kind of thing. It's perfect for that audience. It works for me for the summer. Um, All right. And you know how women are going to be depicted. I'm just throwing it out there. I, there are in that world. Yeah, but there are a couple of female characters who, here who have a little more depth than you might expect. They don't get, of course, as much of the spotlight. Um, but I do appreciate every now and then getting some nuance. <laughs> and also, there's a Washington son. Don't forget about him. Oh, dear. He's coming in. And he actually has some uh, background in football as well. Yes, he does. Um, Vice Principals on HBO is its new baby. It is connected. The producer from uh, Stephanie Lang, specifically, from Veep, went on to executive produce Vice Principals, starring some pretty familiar people. And it's got a very interesting twist to this show because it's already filmed its two seasons. HBO picked it up and didn't even air the first season yet. So um, it's been interesting. I tried to catch the first episode of this, and it wasn't quite my cup of tea, but maybe the critic has something different for you. Oh, you didn't like it? It wasn't my cup of tea. No, no. (laughs) So for Vice Principals, here's what it is. You have Danny McBride. He was the co-creator of Eastbound and Down, that whole thing. He stars in it. He does all of this stuff along with uh, co-creator Jody Hill. So Danny McBride plays one of those vice principals that the title suggests, along with Walton Goggins, who was actually in Justified. He was the main villain in Justified. I love him. So at the opening of the show, the principal of their high school is retiring. And who plays the principal? Do you know who that is? I do. Bill Murray. Okay. So they they see him go and they think that one of them is going to be the next principal. But of course that doesn't happen. Instead, somebody else is brought in and she throws a monkey wrench into everything. So they have uh, this truce between each other to try to get rid of her so that they can take over one of them. And then they'll go back to fighting each other. But of course, they can't pull everything off correctly. So that's what happens in the show. Now, the thing is, the concept to me, Raph, it's a little limiting. So I don't know how long this is going to last where it's it's going to interest people or keep their attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't mind it. I liked it a little better than I thought I would. So, you know, check it out. You can easily find it if you have an HBO subscription. And it's only a half an hour per episode. So I think you'll know from the first episode whether you need to keep watching or not. All right. Um, looking on HBO is back, but this time it's in a movie. This was a series that was out for a couple seasons, and now the HBO decided to make a movie about it to wrap it up. Yeah, so this movie, uh, just like you said, just bringing everything to an end, uh, the lead character played by Jonathan Groff comes back to San Francisco. So between the end of the last season and the beginning of this movie, he'd moved away. And he'd had troubles with a relationship and all of that. And by the way, this is about essentially a group of of gay friends in San Francisco who try to find love. That's what the looking is about. So he comes back. His character's name is Patrick. And he has to see all of these people he hasn't seen in a while. Uh, The thing about looking to me, though, what makes it work when it's really working is, again, the title. We say this a lot on this show. 
The title is about looking. It's about him trying to find love. And a lot of the movie was more about uh, him talking about where he was in the past instead of where he's going. So in those moments, it wasn't as compelling to me. But when they got back around to him trying to look for things or having to actually deal with some of the problems from the past, that's when it was uh, more interesting. So I think for fans of the show, it will bring some closure. Outside of that, I don't know that it will pull anybody else in. Well, it's a good thing that they came back to wrap it up because I'm sure a lot of uh, the fans wanted to know the story at the end. Netflix, the highly anticipated, long drawn out release of The Get Down is finally available for a full watch. Now, if you know anything about the history of The Get Down, this is Baz Luhrmann's baby. And of course, you know him from The Long Rouge and, you know, the Australian and just all the Romeo and Juliet, the rehash of that. Yeah. It has taken quite a bit for this to get finally out to us, and it is here. It stars some familiar faces like Jimmy Schmitz, Jaden uh, Smith, who is Will Smith's uh, son. He's uh, going to make an appearance. Shamik Moore, which we know a little bit about him. The Get Down about New York City in the 70s hip-hop era. Is it worth our watch? Um, okay. So, (laughs) there are six episodes now available, uh, and I think another six are coming later. Yes. So, that's what's happening. The first episode is an hour and a half, okay? It's a movie that Mr. Lerman just put together for all of our enjoyment. Uh, so, like you said, it's, it's 1977, um, in the Bronx, and you know, hip-hop is emerging, disco is emerging, all of this stuff. And the lead character played by Justice Smith, Ezekiel, he's after a girl. Okay, it's a boy seeking a girl. Of course, we have this story. Uh, and he can play the piano. And he has some some rhyming skills. Uh, the female he, he likes, uh, played by Harizen Guardiola. Her character's name is Mylene. She's a singer. She's an aspiring singer. But she's a church girl. Her father is played by Giancarlo Esposito, okay? Oh and so there's that struggle between the two of them. You know, you you need to be a church girl. You don't need to be out here singing in clubs. So that's really the whole scene. And we have all kinds of people doing graffiti. We have all kinds of things that Lorman pulls in. If you know his work, it's highly energetic. It's all over the place. So he doesn't disappoint here. But the thing is, at the beginning, I thought, Hmm, maybe Baz pulled some things back. Uh, We start out actually in the 90s seeing this lead character as a successful rapper. Then they pull us back to the 70s. And what you see is a lot of different visual styles. You see some of the grainier footage from the 70s, almost like uh, the Warriors. You think of that movie, that kind of look. You also see, you can see that they pulled from Kung Fu films, even. You were talking about uh, Shamik Moore, his character, Shaolin Fantastic. A lot of that comes in. We also see just basic disco stuff. You get that in the clubs. So it's a mixture of a lot of things. But the thing to me, Ref, is that seeing the scene, because it's in vignettes, it doesn't really link clearly. There's a reason. (laughs) Yeah. Also, you know, of course, Baz Luhrmann's work can really be overwhelming, can be too much. But at moments, I think it wasn't even enough. It it was weird. It was uneven. Sometimes it was boring. Sometimes it was too much. The acting was uneven. The writing was uneven. You know, if you like his work, I would say check it out. Or if you're really into that kind of scene, 
okay. It does have its moments, but otherwise, I, it's it's just too all over the place. Yeah, it's a, you know you can batch that in with this whole era of like the of vinyl and and you know just doing that throwback to that music era and what um, whether it works or not. It's kind of tricky, but let's. Star Wars end- is in there too. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> let's end with Netflix's The Little Prince uh, that you can check out. This is a little something different, a little something interesting, but with some stars behind Netflix's new project. Yeah, so this is an animated film. Uh, everyone knows the book, right? So what happens here is there's a little girl whose mother moves her to a different town so that she can go to this great school. And the mother's very serious. You know, she wants the girl on her summer off to study. She has her whole life planned, okay, for what she's going to do so she can be a success. But when they move to this new home next door is this eccentric old guy. Um, He destroys their house essentially by mistake. He has this plane that he wants to get up and running. So she is really drawn to him. And he tells the story of the little prince. Um, And he really gets her imagination going. And of course, eventually she gets to meet the little prince and we have all of that happening. So that's the story. Um, What I will say is this is for kids who um, are a little more serious. Kids who really are, who love to read, those kinds of kids, I think it'll work well for them. You know, if you're reading the the Caldecott winner or the Newbery Award winner, it's that kind of feel to it. I think it had a wonderful uh, look in the animation. It's it's forward-looking with some 3D, even though with Netflix you won't get the 3D, but you can see it. And they also have just basic drawing as well when he's uh, telling this story of the little prince. So I liked all of that. Um, I don't know if it's going to keep a lot of kids' attention all the way through, uh, but it does have a lot to recommend it. So that's what I would say. I mean, you have great people doing the voice over work. Jeff yeah, Bridges. you've got Jeff Bridges, yeah. Rachel McAdams, Paul Rudd, James Franco, Belnicio uh, Del Toro. I mean, really, the adult could just watch it just to hear what what's going to happen. Yeah, and, and adults, uh, I think, will actually not mind watching it with their kids, this movie. So, you know, that was a nice pickup for Netflix. Uh, check it out if that sounds good to you. Well, let me tell you something. HBO and Netflix, they're not going to go down without a kick and a scream. If you want to check out some new shows, if you if it's just too darn hot outside, maybe you should stay inside and flip on your latest Netflix HBO subscription. Did you know? Part one. I, Critic, have a did you know for you. And there's silence. Well, <laughs> now we know there's the, the, this is the big one. The big, big Ben Hur remake is coming out. Yeah. This week. And everybody's a buzz. Everybody's talking about it. Well, I got a little trivia for you. Oh. Which Ben Hur star did most of his or her work in this movie from home? <laughs> Wait, what? Most yes, of this crazy, huge thriller action visual witch star said, I'm going to stay home and do most of my work. <laughs> you know, I think you, can, this one. you can only be one person. Let me think about it. This episode of Why Watch That is brought to you by Audible.com. 
the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and MP3 player. Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Did you know? Part two. Okay, wait. <laughs> yes, come on, come on. It's you, every, listen. If you know anything about this cast, you're going to guess this person. Yeah, it can only be Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Yes, it is. It's a legend. <laughs> Wait a minute. He, he was... did most of his work in uh, this film from Clarksdale, Mississippi, his home. He was like, you know what? You want me in this movie? You have to pay me to be at home. <laughs> but are you talking about the live scenes? Are we talking about the voiceovers? Oh, no, silly. We're talking about the voiceovers. He oh, does okay. narration, of course. You know, you're not going to hire yeah. You're not going to hire Morgan Freeman without hiring some him talking at some point. Just, yes. you know, sitting down with a phone book. Whatever he needs to do to get the movie going. Yes, it's wonderful. I love that trivia. It's probably one of my favorite Did You Knows of the year. <laughs> that is hilarious. And look, don't put it past him. He might be doing movies from home like that. For sure, he's got his own green screen. In the <laughs> Back to why watch that. Why watch that sneak peek? The critic got a chance to see a sneak peek of a film called Imperium coming out August 19th. <laughs> oh. and it is directed and written by Daniel Ragusis and the stories by Michael German. And we, we don't we don't too much know who they are, but we do know these actors. Daniel Ratcliffe is headlining along with Tony Collette. Uh, Burn Gorman, among others. And uh, it's basically inspired by true events. Please tell us. Talk to me. Well, look, now, Daniel Radcliffe, he ain't Harry Potter no more. I mean, he has been making some choices in his career that yes. I really respect. Um, this time, he plays a new FBI agent. Of course, he's brilliant. He's very brainy. But he's new. So they want him to go through his paces. Uh, we see even he's at work and he likes to use headphones. Uh, you know, noise canceling, and he gets bullied <laughs> by his coworkers. Yeah, I'd bully him too. No, I wouldn't. Oh, oh, now see that? The truth is coming out. Now, <laughs> at the beginning of this film, we see that he actually has led to the capture of a possible terrorist, but he's not in control. So that's the whole thing with him. It's his intelligence, he's not in control. But it doesn't go the way they wanted it to. The outcome isn't quite what they expected. What happens is Nestor Carbonell, if you watch Lost, you've seen him there. Yes, the guy with the eyeliner. <laughs> <laughs> or do you know he was Diane Carroll's boyfriend in uh, A Different World? So, uh, yep, see, uh, see, there you go, didn't know that. So uh, he plays, he's basically one of the bosses. And he's not pleased with the way this operation went down, the outcome. Tony Collette is a senior FBI agent who is under Nestor Carbonell. She has a new idea. She goes, yeah, you're all with this terrorism, Islamic stuff. That's not really, that's not the only problem here. What we're missing, what we're overlooking is domestic terrorism. And in particular, white supremacists 
who are terrorists. So she enlists Daniel Radcliffe into this undercover operation to bust through this potential white supremacist cell and stop a potential attack. Now, they don't know whether there's an attack coming or not. They just, she just senses it. And one way that she senses this is through a character played by Tracy Letts. <laughs> okay. Oh, we love Tracy Letts here. Yeah, he's a guy who has, you know, this makeshift radio show where he spews all of that kind of hate. So she wants Daniel Radcliffe to get to him to see what's actually going on. But these white supremacists may surprise you. Some of them are stereotypical. Some of them are not. We have one played by uh, Pavel Shida who is, he's a, you know, he's a thinking guy, but he's surrounded by people who aren't thinking so much. So it's almost like American History X, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But we also have another faction led by Sam Trammell. That's the actor. If you saw True Blood, you know him. He's the mainstream guy. You never know that he's a white supremacist, that kind of thing. So there are all of these tensions in this world. And the question is, who's the threat? Is it all of them? Is it just one of them? Is it none of them? You have to watch this to find out. So that's the story now. All right, here we go. Give it to me straight. From the beginning, I thought it was taught. I thought that it had energy. I was with oh, Taught, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> T-A-U-T. Thank so, you. Are you talking about racism? I'm like, what are we <laughs> So, yeah. All of that in the opening sequence, I thought it had the right energy. I was with them. I was ready to go. Uh, and, and the music was just loud. It was coming at you. It was like you was getting set up. But once Daniel Radcliffe gets into the white supremacist undercover thing, it loses a bit of its sting. It just loses some steam. And I thought that they could have streamlined it a little so that we get to the end a little faster. I really wanted the train to go. Mm -hmm. uh, in this movie, it kind of stalled um, and became a bit repetitive. But I did enjoy casting of Daniel Radcliffe. I thought that was smart. The only the only problem was his dialect that did get in the way. Because yeah. he's he's going undercover. There's no way they wouldn't spot that voice. They just yeah, yeah. Would. And they actually have a scene where he practices it, which I thought was hilarious with uh, Tony Collette. Mm -hmm. Tony Collette is Tony Collette. You know what you're gonna get. No nonsense. Hard nose does her job. I like Nestor Carbonell. I like Sam Trammell. I like Tracy Letts. So you know, I like the cast. Also, the um, <laughs> the guy from the Nick who drives the ambulance. Oh <laughs> yes, he has to be. What? Yeah, you know exactly who he played. And it was yes, great. yes, yes. It was great. So you know, if, if this is if this is your kind of drama, I would say check it out. Or if you're thinking Daniel Radcliffe, he's making interesting choices. Okay. Um, otherwise, I. Do we need to go into the theater to see this? I mean, really? Not really. And, and you know, okay. the problem is with this kind of storytelling, we have other movies that have done it. And I brought up American History X, which I think yeah. is the best of them. And it's not quite on that level. So gotcha. there you go. It's definitely not bad, but it's not something you're going to be raving about afterwards. All right. Well, hats off to Daniel Radcliffe. We, you know, he's making some big moves uh, post Harry Potter. So well done with that. Listen, you can check it out August 19th or perhaps if you want to wait around for it to come out uh, to a television near you. Yeah, it'll be on demand too. So And on demand, if you want to sit at home and watch it, you can do that as well. And now, the pick of the week. 
Critic is coming at us with the pick of the week, and it is Halt and Catch Fire Season 2, created by Christopher Cantwell and Christopher Rogers. It's the Christopher Squared. And it stars Lee Pace, uh, Scoot McNary, McKitsey Davis, among other amazing cast. Again, this is AMC's second go. Now, if you don't know, August 23rd, Season 3 is coming out, and the critic is going to give us a brief uh, explanation about Season 2 to prepare Oh, so yeah, so season two, you know, really everything's in transition. Everything has a new beginning. Okay, so we have Lee Pace's character. He's separate from everyone else now. He's moved away. He's trying to love up a woman and get married. Uh, And the thing is, can you trust him? You know, he's always drawn to these new ideas. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. Uh, So he's over there with her and, you know, working with in her father's company. It's a big mess. Now, on the other side, we have Scoot McNary, who was working with Lee Pace. He has gotten uh, some money, okay? I'll just put it that way. He's gotten some money, and he's out of a job. But, you know, this guy is a creator. You know, you can't keep him in a room and not have him doing stuff and try to fiddle around. His wife, played by uh, Carrie Bechet, Hello. she starts a company, or not starts, but joins a company and starts helping to run it with Mackenzie Davis. So it's two females and everybody, this is the 80s. Mm. Okay, in tech, that is a big deal. That would be a big deal now. It sure would. So, you know, the two of them, but can they get this thing up and running? So they're all separated. By the end of the season, though, the question is, how do they come together? Is that going to be something that's going to keep them together? And in the third season, will they finally be able to work together to get some money? To get this thing going. Okay? We'll have to watch to find out. So this is on DVD now. It was released on August 9th, the second season. Definitely check it out. And I know they have some bonus stuff. The who the who's the real Joe? Like oh, Lee, oh. Lee Pace's character and behind the scenes and talking about all that because it will be interesting if you want to know what was actually going on at the time and how that compares to what's going on now in tech, in the internet, in all of that stuff, in computing. Oh, so you can catch the second season of Halt and Catch Fire uh, on DVD, and then you can be ready for season three. Oh, boy. Twenty sixteen has given us a very interesting ride as far as the summer blockbuster. And we here at Why Watch That want to give you our picks and maybe some misses for the uh summer blockbuster for twenty sixteen. Now remember, summer blockbuster is no longer Memorial Day. This thing starts way back in March, and we wanna just give you some of our favorites, not favorites, and some things that maybe you should check out. So let me get things started. I have to say that the summer blockbuster for me didn't start until Captain America Civil War came out. Mm. It is definitely a pick for me. Great cast. Again, it's Marvel coming back again for the third time with Captain America and moving the whole Marvel Adventure Universe story forward. It's got the stars. It's got great writing, great action sequence, and for me, if you see it still in your theater or in your town, I wouldn't be surprised because it's that good. If it's coming out on DVD or if it's on demand, check it out, in my opinion. 
Oh, so do you think if you don't see it in 3D, it's still going to work? Absolutely. I didn't see it in 3D, so you'll be just fine. (laughs) So, you know what? What really all started uh, this season was Batman v Superman. I'm still in mourning over that. I'm not. (laughs) I already knew. (laughs) You know, what can we say? We don't want to bash it again. But some of the fans are saying you should see it again. I I don't know about that, everybody. I don't know. I do think this. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, you can wait. Like, wait for it to be on cable or somewhere like that. Somewhere where you just get it and you don't have to pay anything additional. Just check it out for yourself. Let's hope that they can write this ship for Batman and Superman moving forward. We know Suicide Squad's not doing too well either. I don't know. I just, I'm pulling for DC because you know, ref, that all of the stuff for Batman before I was a fan of. So that's a miss. Well, um, a hit we found is this wonderful indie nugget called Captain Fantastic. You've heard us talk about it. It's starring Viggo Mortensen along with some other amazing up-and-coming actors, uh, especially young ones. It, to me and to us, is probably going to be in the running for this award season. It's definitely an indie nugget. You may find it near you in a little um, art house or it may be coming on demand fairly soon. We at Why Watch that say definitely check it out, especially if you want to see Viggo Mortensen at his top game. This is a perfect role for him. It's a perfect movie to not only watch, but also talk about afterward because you're dealing with what is society? What is America? How are we treating our children? Do we shelter them or do we not? Really good yeah. movie. Yeah, loved it. I, I'm still thinking about it now. And, you know, like you said, Vigo and even like all the kids, those child actors, they were wonderful. We got Ann Dowd. We got Frank Langella. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Let's go to, you know what? A hit for me. The Conjuring 2. Oh, boy. I didn't see that one. <laughs> So The Conjuring 2, of course, picking up from The Conjuring, we deal with the demon possession. We deal with the actual couple who inspired the Amityville horror, Vera Farmiga and uh, Patrick Wilson. They play those two. And it's just a fun horror movie to watch. It's just entertaining. And they give me what I want out of the summer if I'm watching a horror movie. All right. Um, Here is a sort of, if you have to see it, it was a surprise dud. Oh. (laughs) But it was enough. It's pop star, never stop stopping. Um, that's it's just a, that ridiculous movie, that faux uh, Justin Bieber faux documentary. It, it didn't do quite well, but it didn't do as badly as they anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely a movie, if you see it airing, just go ahead and watch it, because it's going to be ridiculous. You're going to get some laughs, although there's some pretty low lows. There are some pretty good highs, so I definitely think that you should check it out. It's the same guy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Um, it's definitely uh, silly and ridiculous, but, you know, <laughs> if you want to just have a little fun, check out Popstar Never Stop Stopping. Yeah, Andy Sandberg, you know, he'll always bring a smile to your face regardless of what's going on. And, well, speaking of smiling, or maybe not, you know, we talked about this last week, Ref, just to say it quickly. Bloodfather with Mel Gibson. I mean, I really wanted a lot more from this. I wanted them to go farther. We'll see what Mel Gibson brings moving on. But it is, it seems to be semi-autobiographical. What is that about? Why? (laughs) Well, let's move on to um, another 
unfortunate dud for us, uh, The Duel, which starred Woody Harrelson and Liam Neeson, or Liam Neeson, <laughs> he wishes, <laughs> Liam Hemsworth, the Hemsworth brother, the other one. You can check out our, our review of that. It had the ingredients, the Western, those two actors, it's indie, so you're going to get something, an interesting take, but it didn't quite make it. So we're not saying avoid it at all costs, but if you can... <laughs> Avoid it all costs. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, and it also has Alice Braga, who's Queen of the South. Yes, she now, is. USA. Let's go to something positive now that we've gone down there. We're going to the Infiltrator, which I think people have forgotten about. It's probably in a, it's probably still playing near you, listeners. Yeah. So Brian Cranston is starring in this as you know an undercover agent who's trying to infiltrate a cartel. <laughs> okay, and John Leguizamo is there trying to help him. So you have a wonderful cast, um, including those two and Benjamin Bratt and others. You see how it affects his home life. I just think, you know, if you like that kind of film, is it going to rewrite the books? No, but it gets things done and it is entertaining. I'm going to, the, our last two, I'm going to stick in one that didn't do well. And that is Alice Through the Looking Glass. But I will have to say, it wasn't quite as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, the real drag was Johnny Depp, but everybody else really shines in this movie. Again, it's one of those, it's one of those movies where there's, they've got a way more adult, um, jokes and not dirty ones or anything like, but just more advanced jokes than, you know, for kids. So if you have to, watch a kid movie with your kid it's summer it's hot and it's there well the looking glass isn't bad okay and you know to end here with anthropoid we talked about this last week it's up it's down i don't know for you ref but but for me i think overall i i liked it it had enough to recommend it uh, it is another world war ii film but it's a different story one we haven't heard and the acting i think was wonderful it was wonderful acting. You can't go wrong there. Now, listen, this is our list. This is what we believe about 2016. And this week, it's wrapping up with Ben-Hur. And then we get started in the award season movies. But until then, you can check out or maybe avoid some of our favorite hits and misses of the 2016 summer blockbuster season. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.